1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 153rd week of the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. We got the whole group here today. That's Wyatt, that's Jared, Aiden, Lucas, and myself. Today, we're going to be talking exclusively about the NFL. Uh, before we dive in, let's talk about some news that we are not going to be covering. Um... <sighs> Making me look kind of silly was Christian McCaffrey this weekend. (laughs) Immediately after I criticized this trade, he became the first player since LaDainian Tomlinson in 2005 to get a passing touchdown, rushing touchdown, and receiving touchdown all in the same game. So that was pretty cool. And, of course, the Niners won. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That it mm-hmm. also helped Wyatt's fantasy team beat mine this yeah. this week. A, a dominant fantasy performance. <laughs> it, I, I and got like 130 Wyatt. points. I also had a good week, but Wyatt had like 160. Not good enough. So. Yeah, it was at a one point, high scoring one across
2: it, the board. It was. Yeah. Like, yeah. at, at one point I was projected points yeah.
3: 200 points against Jared. <laughs> that <laughs> that would Jared and I were playing for the last name team Ludecker, in our fantasy football league. Uh, and does <laughs> what? Stays. Wyatt has
2: retained it. It's coming home <laughs> Fantasy the team is team Looking good this year
3: I'm good uh, After Jared and I were fighting For last place last year And I'm uh, yeah. in first place hey, we're, okay. We were rebuilding We were rebuilding So I'm All right, back a rebuild. Yeah. rebuild That yeah, draft exactly, capital you know? That draft yeah. capital
2: To build it exactly why it's yeah. Locked down that two seat In the In the <laughs> Else. Yeah.
4: No lemonade stand this year. You won't be doing that again, Jared. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll do it. I'll I, do it <laughs> for the pod. I always
2: think the last place forfeit would be fun, but, you know. Maybe forfeit? Next year. Wait, what do you What's mean? What's a last? Yeah. Like, in. So, I'm sure this is incredibly relevant to everybody who's listening to this podcast. We went to somebody, um, to college with somebody named Montana Giordano, uh, who has been a guest on this pod like episode four. <laughs> Um <laughs> I
4: really guessed. If you wanna if you investor. want to really,
2: really go back. Um his league that I'm in, they do a forfeit where the last place person has to do something. Um like have a lemonade stand or like stay twenty four hours in an IHOP or something like that. So like every week mm-hmm. or No 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 like at the end of the year. <laughs> Oh
4: okay. okay. <laughs> I spent the last Four Saturdays
1: at an IHOP for <laughs> 24 <laughs> hours. <laughs> I thought you were saying the yeah. person has to kick themselves out of the league or something. That's what I thought. Oh, that's what I thought yeah, you were saying. That would like, yeah. yeah. make, make more sense.
3: Some leagues yeah. do hey, Yeah. John Hamm's does that.
1: And that then on, there were, he was talking yeah, about the then actor. Then four, yeah.
3: yeah,
0: the actor. He's talking mm. about on the Manning commercial. The guy from the commercials. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the guy from exactly. the progressive
1: ad guy. Yeah, exactly.
0: yeah, yeah. The next movie he released, too, was like straight to digital. I was like, dude, how how is he fallen so far? <laughs> God, no. He can't get a movie gig now? Like a like a, His... a theatrical
2: one? He's on top. The episode, the episode of Black Mirror, though, that he was on is one of the best ever, too. I'll stand by that.
4: Mm, mm-hmm.
2: mm, I... I don't really remember <laughs> what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> We're in off topic. Anyways, yeah, I agree anyway. with you, Bart,
4: though, and Christian McCaffrey still. I still <laughs> think it's a bad trade. You know? Well, we will see. that. Yeah, we'll uh, see. We when yeah, we'll he's injured next week, not yeah not yeah. wishing injury on him, but still think it's a bad
1: trade. Speaking of trades, usually the NFL trade deadline is not exciting, but this year there was a Making flurry Jared of moves. <laughs> yeah. Who who got traded here? Let's see. TJ Hawkinson to the Vikes, Calvin Ridley suspended Calvin Ridley to the Jags, Chase Claypool to the Bears, Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins. I'm sure we're missing some others.
3: Oh yeah. There was ten total trades over the, the but these are the big ones. So like Chase Edmonds got traded in a package, Jeff Wilson got traded, yep. kind of some minor deals. Yep. But these were the 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 four you listed were the biggest ones, yep. of the uh, of the day. Can
0: anybody else confirm this? I saw that um, Calvin Ridley was suspended for betting that the Falcons would beat the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. And now he's a Jaguar. Yep. Okay. That's <laughs> so funny.
4: <laughs> okay. Uh, it's all kind of weird that you'd get. I feel like we've talked about this before. I understand that you shouldn't gamble on your games, but if you're Betting on yourself to win—I feel like that's okay.
2: <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs>
0: Certainly not a season. Is it season-long suspension, right?
1: Uh, uh twelve. Season-long. Oh, I it's season-long.
4: That I
0: want seems to say way too harsh.
1: Long. Forgot about. That. Yeah, we could. There, we could do a whole episode about how the inconsistent the league's punishments are with yeah. certain things. but Deshaun Watson. yeah <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Shout out,
3: but, but shout out now to the uh, Chicago Fighting Irish who have a handful of <laughs> oh. Notre Dame players on their team <laughs> Equinemius, St. Brown, Cole Komet, Chase Claypool mm-hmm. Isn't Sam Mustafer, Mustafer on there yep. too? Or? Yep.
2: It, yeah. They're like, receiving and wide receiver cores basically just like Notre Dame in 2018 <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Hey, we lit it up that year too sure. yeah. Also I, I
2: saw that
4: the Playoffs Yeah they were saying that you know Chase Claypool leaving was big for Miles Boykin, who is apparently now expected to get a lot of targets on the Steelers. So mm. let's go, Indy.
3: Miles Boykin <laughs> is the elevated name, huh? Yeah, apparently, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Sources are two telling better me. better wide receivers <laughs> on that team? <laughs> no, <Nope>, they don't. <laughs> uh, every time somebody gets traded, it's like blank quarterback just got their Stephon Diggs. Calvin, I saw the same thing about Trevor Lawrence getting Calvin Ridley was it was his Stephon Diggs mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Three, Justin yeah. yeah next year and Jace uh, Justin Fields uh, getting Chase Claypool is his his his, <laughs> his Stephon Diggs when both players have done nothing in this league so far uh, but Chase Chase Claypool had a really good rookie season
4: really good rookie year he did yeah still a bizarre the trade for of a team that
0: it does seem bizarre
4: yeah a team that was throwing, yeah throwing out their whole right defensive out. line but who's gonna trade for Chase Claypool.
0: No, but you're right. Why it is? It's like a really popular narrative right now that like just get a really good wide receiver and your quarterback's gonna develop. Like Justin or uh, not Justin, Jalen Hurts this year with AJ Brown and mm-hmm. uh, Tyreek Hill. Oh, yeah. yeah, are like uh, that's a really popular narrative
3: this year. Jamar Chase.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, that's you a good yeah. One you saw Jamar Chase's absence yesterday.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Well, with that, let's dive in. Uh, it is that time. It's been two weeks. So it's time for the bi-weekly power rankings. Everybody knows the drill. Aiden, you're kicking us off. We got it. Number one.
4: Yeah, it's like slightly hard not to pick the Bills who have been so dominant, but I'm sticking with the Eagles here. They were number one during our last power rankings. And there's really no reason, no good reason for me to downgrade them. You know, in the one game since they absolutely walloped the Steelers on Sunday, a Steelers team that still had Chase Claypool. So, you know, Mm. still good <laughs> different team different team uh, but, but anyway they remain the only undefeated team and things just overall i feel like are are still looking up you know they added robert quinn in an absolute heist of the bears um, to a frontline that was already good and there's still no other nfc team that looks nearly as dominant as them you know the cowboys i think might be the second scariest team um oh, and, and no one else i feel like is really intimidating to me at least sorry sorry vikes um mm-hmm. so things they seem like they have a, a fairly clear path right now uh, and the rest of the way is also pretty easy the hardest games that they have left are within their division it's games against the cowboys two against the giants who have been good so i feel like there's good reason to still be optimistic that they'll be that they'll have home field uh at least through the nfc portion of the playoffs
2: yeah i think this weekend was their most complete game they played all year too they just looked thoroughly dominant against the steelers the entire time it was not mm-hmm. close. AJ brown had three touchdowns like if they can play like that it's gonna be hard to beat them
1: uh, aj brown deal looking r- better and better every week yeah yeah um why who you got at two
3: um it's not so hard for me to not pick the bills i'm going with the kansas city chiefs here at number two. Oh, i know that the head-to-head Whoa. would suggest that the that the bills are better but i think the eye test would tell me that the chiefs are better the san francisco 49ers are a really good team they have one of the best defenses in the league, and they still put up 44 points on him. Probably the best defense in the league. Um, I think the the Chiefs are a notch ahead of the Bills. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes is still a better quarterback, and right now I think Josh Allen is a great quarterback, uh, obviously. But I just don't know if they have popped in the way of like being a complete team the same way I look at the Chiefs as a, as a more complete team. Uh
0: no. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, the third pick I'm definitely going Buffalo Bills. I didn't even prepare that many mm. notes for them actually because I definitely thought they were already going to be picked either one or two here. Um but they do they have the best defense in the league in terms of points allowed. Uh third best in the uh third best in terms of yards allowed. And then obviously they have Josh Allen who's probably the best quarterback in the league in terms of playing right now, I would say. Um and sure they looked a little shaky against the Bills, but I think that's okay for an NFL team to look shaky a couple different weeks. Um, you know, it's not college where you have to win every game. Um, and I think Josh Allen, they're starting to win. I mean, yes, they're blowing out people, but they also starting to win close games. And they just they just got naive, naive minds to try to shore up their running game so that Josh Allen is not their passing and their running game anymore. Um, hopefully that works out over, um, you know, running with Zach Moss. So we'll see. I definitely got the Bills there at three. I would probably put them. I'd put them too. I like the Eagles ahead, too, but they're very good.
1: Lucas?
2: Yeah, I'm going to do Jared a favor here, and I'm going to pick the Dallas Cowboys at Heck four, yeah. as much as it pains me. Mm-hmm. I think that I... This is maybe the second time in the last couple power ranks I picked the Cowboys. Um, as an Eagles fan, obviously, it pains me, but I think they absolutely deserve it. I think the Cowboys are the real deal, and probably the Eagles' biggest challenge in the NFC. I saw ESPN had... Um, you know, they did, like, their computer-simulated projections, and they said, Eagles far and away most likely team to win the NFC, but the Cowboys are next most favorable, to, which I think is, you know, absolutely true. They balled out against the Bears this past weekend, and I think that's a trend that's likely to continue. They have the third-best scoring defense in the NFL. While their offensive stats aren't great, I think you can largely attribute that to Dak being out uh, for a long period of time. Now that he's back, I think they're in fine shape. They're tied for the second-best turnover difference after the Eagles. Um, and I think... You know, that stellar defense that they've had all year, the big one against the Bears, and Dak coming back also sort of combines to make them a top five NFL team. So I'll pick them at four.
0: One thing I want to say I think the Eagles and Cowboys, especially, have benefited from also playing kind of an easy schedule. The Cowboys, yeah. for sure, at least. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Eagles, less so. I didn't look into their schedule as much, but Cowboys, like, have played some stinkers, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. Like, Bears and Lions and Dak's return should be guaranteed wins in those games. But still like what I saw. Like, The other thing too is that their offensive line has all that talk about all those injuries on the O-line and how old they are. They've looked really good this year.
1: Yeah, for sure. Another team that has benefited from playing a kind of soft schedule is the Vikes, but I'm going to take them here. Mm -hmm. I think ultimately like six and one is still really, really impressive right now. Like they feel kind of fluky and yet they keep winning. So like, I don't know. I don't, I honestly don't know where to rank the Vikes. Um, Mm I like the. They haven't won since the Eagles lost. They've won every game, but every single one has been a one-possession win. But, -hmm. like, counterpoint, that's what good teams do. Their offense and their defense both are, like, clearly flawed, but also clearly make plays when it counts. Like, the offense, very few turnovers, really good in the red zone. The defense is bend-don't-break. Like, they keep you out of the red zone. They get you off the field on third downs. So, like, collectively their stats aren't great right now, but they are 6-1, and like I said. So, I think they will – cool down when they start playing harder teams but right now they're uh they're i saw they were tied with the bills for best odds to win their division because everybody else in the nfc north is trash right now so that bodes well so i'm taking the vikes at five
4: yeah because yeah. don't they have like a three and a half game lead or something crazy like that <laughs> it's,
1: it's not a good year for the nfc north. <laughs>
2: and just like talking about like making plays at the right time like you mentioned the turnovers on the defense but like or the offense not really turning it over, but like they have the second best turnover differential too. So it's like they're mm-hmm. doing it on both sides too. So and for, they're them and the Cowboys are both plus six, I think. And the Eagles are something crazy like plus yeah, the, fourteen. The Eagles are insane. Which is like, <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah, I had pretty much that same order for the first five with the Bills and Chiefs swapped. But at six, I've got. It's hard at this point because <laughs> I feel like this is where yeah. the drop off is. But I, I have the Dolphins. The Dolphins are five and zero, oh and a plays the whole game. Their defense is still good. It got better today with Bradley Chubb. And there's no better receiver pair still than Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, when, especially when is healthy. Um, so I consider the Ravens here too, but the Dolphins beat them. so And they also beat the Bills. Perhaps the Bills on an off week with some injuries, but they're still a pretty potent team when healthy. Uh, so I've got the Dolphins here.
3: At number seven, I'm, I'm kind of stuck between two NFC teams. My heart, Ooh, my I know heart, you're talking about my heart says the Seahawks, mm-hmm. but my mind says the 49ers, who I think as a roster are a far more complete team. The resume itself is not incredibly impressive with losses to the Chiefs, Panthers, um, excuse me, the Bears and the Broncos, uh, but you know it, it is what it is. And I think roster wise, if you look at it top to bottom, they have one of the best, if not the best, roster in the NFL. I think going forward we're gonna see the the forty niners as a staple in our power rankings just with how good they are. And of course, Christian McCaffrey's triple double is uh is is quite the performance out there with a pass touch, a passing, rushing, and receiving touchdown. I think that kind of shows to how magical they're going to be. And they didn't even have Debo at the time, so I'm going with the mm-hmm. 49ers. George
0: Kittle's starting to heat up a little bit too. Yeah. He's on the market in our fantasy league though. <laughs> <laughs> I have them. <laughs> yeah, um the the two teams that you just discussed were the teams I was thinking and I I think you picked the correct order there. What? I have the Seahawks here with the as the eighth best team right now in the NFL. I mean, look, they beat two teams that were ahead of them in last week's our last power rankings. They beat the Chargers, then they just beat the Giants who say what you want i will admit why they're they are a pretty solid team they win those close games seattle battled to win that game um, they a couple things they do well is obviously geno smith is playing very efficiently they also t- um, uh, generate a lot of takeaways they have they're like 6th uh, in the league i want to say in turnover differential and they have 14 takeaways which is also um, high up on the list so that's something that they do really well and even with some injuries at running back. The Kenneth Walker has kind of stepped in and actually done a really good job. They also have like they basically have two number one wide receivers with with Lockett and Metcalf too, which like pretty good mm-hmm. receiving core when you think about it. Um, so I think they're kind of past We're deep enough into the season where it's not a fluke anymore, and like, mm-hmm. okay, we can give them some respect now. Mm-hmm. So I say I say they're eighth.
3: And draft wise, this is one of the better drafts that they've had. I know that we've yeah. talked about before. How the GM has drafted a handful of Hall of Famers in his time, but from top to bottom, from getting Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas to to solidify the offensive line, both fantastic tackles. Kenneth Walker is obviously a fantastic pick. Uh, Tariq Woolen and Kobe Bryant on the outside are fantastic picks. Like it seems like they have had they have guys who will be longtime starters for them um, across the board at at four different five different spots that they had drafted just over this this last uh, off season. Which is incredibly impressive.
1: Yep.
3: It definitely does seem like they've wanted to go to the the ground and pound,
0: or more ground game heavy offense recently. And they kind of and like Russell kind of hampered them from doing that potentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll see. My uncle Uncle Darren might be right about Russell Wilson leaving the Seahawks. He was he was uh, <laughs> my uncle Darren was definitely a big proponent of Russell Wilson's contract uh, holding the Seahawks back. He was ahead of the back. curve too. He was ahead of the curve. He was. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Alright, I think I'm up next with the ninth pick. Um and I think there's a pretty steep drop off. Um, right steep. after nine, but I think well, I think, you know, <laughs> moderately steep, you know, a gradual incline at the very least, after nine. Um, but I think nine in my mind at least is still pretty clear here. I'm gonna go with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and I think you know, they've shown across the board that they're like a good team. They're five and three, but all three losses have been pretty close heartbreakers. They have some really good wins over the Jets, the Bang, maybe not really good. They have good wins over the Jets and the Bengals, <laughs> um, who both shown themselves to be good teams this year. Um, they're top 10 in yards per game. They're top 5 in points per game. They are the third team I've mentioned tonight that is tied for second in points differential. I had to check my, <laughs> or in turnover differential. I had to check myself that that's, that stat was correct, but there are three teams tied at plus 6 at this point. The Vikes, the Cowboys, and the Ravens. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go Ravens at 9. Oh, man.
1: Yeah, this is, this is a tough one. I think there's a bunch of teams you could like, make an argument for. I'm going to go with the Titans at 10. Yeah. Uh, they are 5-2, and two and they are rolling. They have five straight wins. Granted, I'm looking at it right now. That's the Raiders, Colts, Commanders, Colts again, and Texans. Not one of those <laughs> wins is impressive. But still, they're cruising. I mean, I don't know if you looked at the box score in their last game against the Texans. Malik Willis had 55 yards. They still won because <laughs> Derrick Henry is a monster and because their defense has actually been quite good this year. Uh, I don't know when Tannehill is supposed to come back. They obviously will want him to come back. But I do think even like as long as they're running with Willis, he will get better and they'll be, they'll be all right. I mean, Derrick Henry... Like could put up 200 yards again in Multiple games this season based on this <laughs> Uh Maybe the quarter, maybe the running back Cliff isn't as early as I thought But yeah I, I think there are A few teams you could put here I do think the Titans like the Vikes will start losing more When they play like they play the Chiefs next But for now I'm taking them here at
2: 10 The two New York teams neither of them made up Yeah so yeah. looking at their
3: Last power rankings the Giants Jets Chargers and Bengals all dropped off between now And last or yeah now and last week which is tough. I I disagree with the Titans pick, and not because the Giants uh, had knocked their way out of there. But right now they're they're twenty fourth in points per game, uh, at eighteen points per game. Their defense is really good, which is kind of given them that boost at nineteen point seven, which is kind of weird that they're five and two. But again, like you said, their their record or their resume is more. It's it's a little bit more deceiving than what they are. Five straight wins after starting off zero and two against teams that. You know, the Colts are probably s- selling for the rest of the year, hoping that maybe they get a top pick. And it's, it's yeah, I would have gone, I would have gone Giants. But that's just, I <laughs> yeah, it's the way I would have swayed. Aiden would have went yeah. Jets. Uh,
4: no, Jets <laughs> deserve to drop out. I'm not bullish on the Jets. Zach Wilson is just
3: back to New York fan form, huh? This is too bad. I know, honestly, <laughs> I've never been confident card. in Zach
4: Wilson, but I thought that, you know, Brees Hall and whatnot could overcome mm. that. But now Brees Hall is gone and. Their offense is just, there's only so much that uh, Garrett Wilson can do, you know, with a a QB who makes the the throws that Zach Wilson made on some of his interceptions this week were just brutal to watch. Absolutely
3: brutal to watch. Zach Wilson's career tape is exactly why we should stop overrating that one move that they throw on pro day, where they're like (laughs) rolling out across his body deep 60 yard bomb it's like dude he does that every play and then half of them are picks he can't he can't help but stay in the he he won't stay in the pocket he wants to roll out there across his body we've hyped him up way too much just for that one throw and then hooker is gonna do that in his pro day i guarantee it anthony richardson's gonna do it the same and he might they might boost (laughs) him up to be like a top three pick right after
1: that (laughs) exactly exactly tradition well, this is a good segue, though. Yep. Let's let's continue talking about the 2021 quarterback draft class, specifically about Trevor Lawrence, because despite a lot of hype this offseason, despite them changing coaches, Trevor Lawrence and the Jags have not really lived up to expectations. So, Wyatt, let's throw it to you. Do you think it's fair or not fair to declare now that Trevor Lawrence is not the generational quarterback that he was touted as? And what do you think his career is going to end up looking like?
3: Yeah, right now that last draft class is one in four with Justin Fields really being the only guy <laughs> Uh, who emerge? small little victory lap for me what? saying that Justin Fields was the best quarterback in that job. No, but I digress. He no. is not. <laughs> <It> is. <laughs> Who's better? I mean, seriously, who, who is better right now? Um, it's totally fair to declare Trevor Lawrence as a, as not a generational type quarterback, especially underneath that umbrella as being a guy who is like a can't miss type prospect. If you go and, I, and I've had the pleasure or more the displeasure of watching Trevor Lawrence the past two weeks, I watched him. I got up early, watched him play the Broncos in London, and then of course I watched him play the Giants the week before. And if when you look up his tape on YouTube or you look up the game recap, there's a handful of things that they don't show. Trevor Lawrence misses a ton of big time throws between for, for a guy whether it's in the red zone, whether it's on third down, whether it's a wide open play. I mean, you could tell that the arm strength is there that the talent is there, but he just is overthrowing guys, throwing in the dirt, throwing it away at at wrong moments. Trevor Lawrence right now, as a guy who's a generational-type quarterback, looks like a guy who is struggling a lot in the NFL to make uh, throws that actually matter. And you can see it. You know, We say about what I was joking about Zach Wilson rolling out and doing the the cross-the-body stuff. You can see the talent when Trevor Lawrence goes out there and throws and he makes some tough throws, but there's splash plays. And for a guy that we labeled as a generational type quarterback, I need way more than just splash plays because he hasn't really separated himself from guys like Zach Wilson, who are just like, you guys, you're, you can tell you have incredible ability, but you you haven't been able to convert on that. And I know that conversion rate right now, the Jaguars are like 12th and third down conversions, but I would think that Trevor Lawrence is the worst third down quarterback uh, in the NFL. And probably one of the worst that I've seen in a, in a while, disregarding some backup quarterbacks. Uh, it's when it comes down to clutch moments, he is awful. When it, when it's like, oh, we got to make a drive and win the game, he is terrible, terrible at it. And I, for he's generational. Andrew Luck was generational, and Peyton Manning was generational, and he is far below the bar of those two guys who, in their first two years, showed a huge leap.
2: I looked at stats for two completely arbitrarily pick quarterbacks I guess not but like I bet Mahomes and Burrow who I think are maybe what you would call the closest um to maybe like generational type talents I'll talk about Josh Allen in a second because I think he's the other one you would make a good case for um coming into this year or through I guess this point in the year Um, And Trevor Lawrence's second year, he's got like a 62.5% completion percentage and a 46.0 QBR, which I figure were the two best-ish stats to approximate things that could be extended over the whole season. Mahomes in his second year, 66% completion percentage, 80.3 QBR, plus he threw 50 touchdowns in his second year. Burrow had an over 70% completion percentage in his second year and over 50 QBR um, at 54.3. And I think it's just, like, there's a pretty significant gap there. Like, obviously you don't maybe expect the Mahomes 50 touchdowns in the second year, but there should be, like, more of a leap than I think we've seen from Lawrence. And I think the only good comparison you can make is Josh Allen, whose numbers were, like, similarly mediocre in his second year. But Josh Allen has always been able to run, and Trevor Lawrence can't really do that to the extent I think that Allen can. So I think that's also something that really holds back this game in comparison.
1: I, I do see the Josh Allen comparison come up, but people always say about him, which I think is fair, like Josh Allen is the anomaly of all anomalies as far as quarterback development goes, and I think it's kind of fair to compare anybody against him, because like, the way he developed accuracy all of a sudden in his third season, mm-hmm. uh, and like, the, the the fact that he just like became a good quarterback uh, is pretty unprecedented, but I agree with everything else you said. Mm-hmm. It's steroids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For the brain. <laughs> And it's only two game suspension, so that's fine. <laughs> Whatever the heck <laughs> worth it is. That, worth actually, they—that's probably like a friggin' fifteen game suspension in the way they, the way the NFL's balances work right now. But.
1: Anyway. <laughs> um, one interesting thing I saw that nobody has mentioned yet is that like there was a Reddit thread about Trevor Lawrence like three days ago actually, where people were were talking about this very thing, and the consensus there was that like he shouldn't have even been considered a generational quarterback, like even after his like second or third season mm-hmm. in college, that label has been applied to him incorrectly from the beginning, basically is what mm-hmm. people feel like. And like mm-hmm. that carrying through the NFL. And that mm-hmm. was a big reason why it seems like he's underwhelming when like, he wasn't even that good of a prospect. Basically <laughs> he was really good his freshman year and you would have wanted to see him improve. And then he basically never improved and he no, still he's, hasn't. Really he's improved.
3: never improved from the, from the first no. freshman year in college. And he was an incredible freshman. We're not going to take that away from him. For a guy entering in college straight out of high school, obviously, you know, you, you've impressed. But also, you know, the, the big narrative about him in college was that he doesn't really lose games. And you can't really knock on a guy who doesn't lose games. But the two games that he did lose were in the national championship. Like, these were games that actually mattered. And he struggled to to kind of put the pieces together and, and win it. And right now, he's sitting at a, a total touchdown to interception radio of 22 touchdowns to 23 interceptions. Which is, I mean, like, I know that last year he was 12 to 17, uh, 17 interceptions, and the excuses are baked into the fact that Urban Meyer was his quarterback, but again, he has not shown any improvement, and you have to be, as a pro athlete, as a generational quarterback, able to learn from your own mistakes, and none of that have, has happened so far. Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew Jared, your favorite <laughs> quarterback in the league? Yeah. <laughs> Thirty-seven mm-hmm. touchdowns and eleven interceptions in twenty-three yeah. games as a Jaguars mm-hmm. starter. He's, he's elite, career. right? Mm-hmm. But elite, which, which, which is now—I mean, like you would—you would look at this and say that they should have stuck with Gardner Minshew if they were trying to win <laughs> games. And I know long-term Trevor Lawrence boasts the highest upside, but his floor is pretty low because it's still the floor of I'm a freshman in college, because that's where he's been this entire so far in his career.
4: Yeah. Yeah, it feels like he was the default pick after his freshman year. Everyone was, you know, for certain that he was going to be the number one overall pick no matter what. Um, not that there were better options in that class, honestly, though, if, if we look mm-hmm. at it now. Um, but I <laughs> think that, like the class or the coach, you know, excuse, which is thrown around a lot. I just don't I haven't seen it historically hold weight where there's a QB who had a bad coach and then miraculously turned around. When they got a better coach. Like it did not work. Baker with Mayfield? Sam Darnold. Who?
0: Baker Mayfield.
3: Um, I mean, I no, that's not. No. For that he one, went from,
4: one year. He went I from guess.
1: like Hugh
3: Jackson to Freddie Kitchens. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. And then after that, he went to Kevin Stefanski and look what they did. But then, then he went off now. After I mean,
1: that. He's, got, he's got.
0: Now
4: he's the worst quarterback in the league. And it just still got. Yeah, but he did get worse. better, though. Yeah. I guess so. For momentarily. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just, I've I haven't I've yet to see a quarterback who is supposed to be really good, you know, turn around and actually you know grow into that potential, because of a a coaching change. Ryan Tannehill. Was, was Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill ever better? expected
0: to be generational? He's I better. He now really he wasn't expected TV. to be generational. He's
3: better than when he was with the on the Dolphins with. I mean, um, that's Adam fair. Age. But he was always. But Ryan le- Tannehill leaky, had yeah. a game where he threw ten passes for two hundred yards. Like. Like, like the, I think, what? but I, but I mean, like, I think, <laughs> I think with Ryan Tannehill is not asked to do anything. He's the, he is with Derrick Henry and he he's not exactly a friend. Like, the, like they're going to replace him at some point in here in the next three years. He's not a, a franchise mm-hmm. guy. They're not asking Tannehill to do much.
0: Well, here's a comparison for you guys. Terry Bradshaw. It took him six seasons to have a positive touchdown to interception ratio. <laughs> He's an MVP and okay, Hall we'll, of Famer now.
3: When did Terry Brashaw play? Was it last? Year? <laughs> the 1970s. It doesn't count. All right, a little Everyone bit later. Everyone had a Troy, negative. What about Troy Aikman? Took Troy Aikman
0: three seasons, yeah. and that was 11 and 10 only. He's a Hall of Famer now too.
2: A different era. Different era. It's that's still the 90s, tra- like trajectory. early 90s. I mean, okay, like, Drew. Name uh, a quarterback Brees, from
1: the 2000s. Drew Brees got worse from season one to season two. It, it wasn't until his third full season, which was his fourth. Technical season that he was even decent. Peyton Manning, I also I, I I did the same thing, Jared. Peyton Manning threw fifteen interceptions in each of his first five seasons. Trevor Lawrence is already going to be better than that this year, probably. So like, there are that's nitpicks fair. you can pick about any young quarterback.
3: Yeah, but like, so did Jameis Winston. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you can you you can't just be like, okay, well he'll become Peyton Manning. That's not that's not the obvious, you know, stock in yeah. in in his. In his going into in his favor he could be just he could be this bad forever also
4: yeah and peyton manning got way better his second year like he was i've got the stats here he had 26 touchdowns 28 interceptions his first year which i think is the (laughs) record right uh and he had 26 touchdowns the same amount and 15 interceptions his second year like that's clear improvement you know yeah but
1: trevor lawrence's touchdown interception ratio also is pretty like much better than last year right i mean Maybe I'm making that up. It's a I bit mean, it's, better, bit, it's a bit like.
3: better, but he threw 12 touchdowns last year and 17 interceptions, not 26. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not any. It's minute, not, not 28 interceptions. He's starting in a better position. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is it's like, you can look back at a number of quarterbacks in the past and be like, okay, people probably thought they were going to be terrible based on their first two seasons, and then they turned mm-hmm. it around. I right, So I still think there's hope for Trevor Lawrence is all I'm trying to say.
0: There's a lot of pressure with how it... Well, young quarterbacks play now, there's a lot of pressure to pull the plug and call somebody a bust
4: earlier. But the Jags no, aren't going, going to call him a bust until at le- like he's got at least another season, probably. Yeah. Like oh, for sure. Two more. Like the rookie year, the rookie deal is 4 years, right?
3: Yeah. Usually. With a 5th year option, yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah. I feel like he's got that at least. I mean, Sam Darnold got 3 years, right? Mm. So and he was worse than Trevor Lawrence, for sure.
3: <laughs> I mean, what were Sam Darnold's first two years in the league? Coming in... 2017, seven, I think. 17 touchdowns, 15, 15 interceptions. 19 touchdowns, 13 interceptions his first two years. And, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's just like... There's just no guarantee that Trevor Lawrence is ever going like, to... He's not dead in the water. I don't think that he's mm-hmm. that he's not going to be a good quarterback ever but we got to drop the generational quarterback title. People were saying that he was like one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the league coming in. <laughs> no, he was he's no. like, like, he's I don't like, know who said that. I, I think, I, I think I'm not going to, I might, I, I think Colin Coward said that. I think that he, he might, put he that later. 10 or 15 I quarterbacks. When in yeah, doubt, it's, it's Colin it.
4: Coward who said it. Yeah.
3: You got to make bold takes sometimes when you're on TV, TV. Said
0: that about. He probably thinks yeah. Sam Darnold's like a top five quarterback.
4: Yeah.
3: No, he made it to Carolina. He would not drop the Sam Darnold thing forever.
4: <laughs> yeah. But I feel like it just goes back to what Bart said about him not – he shouldn't have been a generational quote, quote unquote, quarterback the label. in the first place. Yeah, From the start, The yeah. label should not have been there. Anyways, thank you for listening, everybody. uh Trevor Lawrence may not be a generational quarterback, but we are a generational podcast. I think we can confidently say that. Uh, so so hop on board. Please like and subscribe at LunchPellGuys underscore on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all the above. We're, we're currently still on Twitter, um, despite the ownership change. We'll see if that uh, <laughs> changes any point. <laughs> We may not be happy about it, it but could be good for us. on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> will, will we can we pay, pay for that? verification. Yeah, yeah exactly. Pay eight dollars or whatever it was. Is yeah. it eight bucks? So, yeah. I thought we it was 20. It. I see, thought it was 20. It, was it doesn't percent, if it's under a hundred
0: bucks. Got, we yeah, got gotta Stephen do it. King. Yeah, <laughs> no, we don't. What do you what but benefits? We have like 15 followers, but we should do it anyway.
3: If it only costs 20 bucks. I'm I'm in. I'm gonna, this, do it, <laughs> I'm gonna do it for my own personal profile. Is this
0: making it into the podcast? Yes. I don't know. So yeah, if we Elon is listening, soon, and it's not bought, <laughs> not
4: at all. Uh, but anyway, please uh, please return for our second episode of the week. Where we're gonna talk about some college football, and uh, yeah, see ya.